Pencil Culture Puppets Props Puns Podcasts That's life. That's what all the people say, but it's an Us magazine. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another issue of that pop culture magazine, Cancel Culture. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the titan of trivia. <clears throat> the titan of trivia. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Our big boss right over there, and you know what boss is backwards, double S-O-B. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the one, the only, John Kensel. Hey, people out there in podcast land, John Kensel here. Uh, big news this week, <clears throat> I got my hair cut. Yeah, uh, I had a, a mohawk, I got my hair cut. Uh, I didn't get it done by a professional like you did. I had somebody who cut hair on the side. Mohawk. I got my hair cut by a girl in well, this show. The podcast originates from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh huh. And the girl who cut my hair had the thickest. You can hear my accent. Imagine my accent on steroids. She was like a next in lion. Oh, you want to get your hair cut? And I'm like, yeah, I have a super comedy show this week. And she goes, Oh, you're a comedian. You you know carrot top. She uh, did. She asked about carrot top. Yes. And then she said, uh, and she, then she said, then she, like, they, they talk about, she said, she's like, oh, tell me a joke then. Am I going to be part of your act? Right? What, what's going on? They, hold on a second. Can you order some hoagies for our break? It's just a thick Philly accent. Batteries. You can watch, so you're watching the Eagles? It's kind of cute on uh, uh, on females sometimes. I, I uh, kind of like when they say, you know, yeah, well, I'm going to Yakimi. Okay? Yeah. You want anything? I can't hear the Eagles because the battery's dying on my radio. What's going on, right? Who has a worse accent out there? Do you think that, uh, you know? I know. Baltimore. Baltimore. Hey, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, they hey, call hey. everybody doll there. They, That's what I remember, they, doll. And, uh, they do. They, they, you hear our accent. It's, uh, they'll say, like, up that dirt road, get some water, hot dog. I'm going to Maryland. Um, but she was cutting my hair, and she, uh, oh, you do comedy? And, yeah, we're talking. And she goes, you know, to quote Ferris Bueller, because she thinks comedian, Ferris Bueller is a comedian. Ferris Bueller, uh, yes. Well, uh, is, she's going to quote Ferris Bueller, one well, of the great philosophers of our time. Right. You know? But she, she goes to quote, yeah, exactly. So she said, you know, to quote Ferris Bueller. And For I, his birthday, we should have a day off. Yeah, exactly. All right. And so I said to her, I go, um, you mean the, the, the movie? And she goes, no, the man. <laughs> and the, then she said the line in the, from the movie, just, uh, I think it's just... Just live your life or just do yeah. it or something and like John that. And John said, with that, I, I can't take any more. I wish, right. wish, that's, that's what you wish you had, too. You know what I wish I had? Uh, I like to hire an orchestra to walk around with me. And when someone's telling a long, boring story, 
Uh, yeah. They start playing them off like an award show. Yeah, uh, wrap this up. That that's the sickest thing that I've ever heard. That you wanted to, uh, you know, why don't you just take along a karaoke machine and just, you know, express yourself in that way, John? Why I'm do there. you have to depend on others to uh, to show what your true feelings are? This is true, uh, but uh, in Philadelphia, it's the big uh, Super Bowl is tomorrow. Uh, the the what's this? What's going on here? Super Bowl, yay! Okay, bear with us. <laughs> okay, how do you get to uh, Jersey from here? Bear right, <laughs> hmm. and bear down. Uh, yeah, but hey, let's go Eagles. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good game. It's, uh, the the, the uh, experts are calling it. You know, it should be a close game. You know, I kind of like Kansas City though. I like the Chiefs. I th- I think that it's great that they uh, actually keep their. Uh, you know. Uh, somewhat uh, racially uh, sensitive name, okay, yeah. the Chiefs, and, and they, the, uh, you know. And, they, and their mascot, Wigwam Jones. Well, uh, you know, uh, I wear a hat to keep my wigwam, but uh, no. But uh, I think that it's kind of uh, nice. And I and our good friend, okay, Mike Sacconi, okay, great comedian. He's probably playing in Vegas uh, as we speak. Uh, he is a big Chief fan. He, lives, he, he lives in Kansas City. Yeah. And he gets the red, he goes and uh, he makes little uh, altars to the chiefs and mm. uh, he takes red dye and pours it into fountains and stuff. Oh, and, he, uh, uh, you know. he puts uh, smallpox in blankets. That's the, no, that's, uh, you know. Oh, all right. Sorry, I, 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 I shouldn't have went I, there. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Holy mackerel there. But. Uh, anyway, I, I kind of enjoy the Chiefs. And, and they're, they're tough. Look, they got all the way up here with the Eagles. and uh, Should be a yeah. fun game, too. The, our former coach, Andy Reid, is coaching them. There's, there's two Kelsey brothers, Jason Kelsey. He's one dressed as a mummer, and their two brothers going against it. Uh, we have our mascot, uh, Bird Brain. It's a guy in a big eagle suit. And the Kansas City has their mascot. It's a, a, a Freddy the Hamburger. No, no what what is... What is Kansas City's no, uh, I, I mascot? Th- I know that the uh, Giants don't have a mascot, or the Giants, uh, New York Giants, don't have a mascot or cheerleaders. Okay, what are they, anti-American? I, I don't get that. Wait, you're from Upper Jersey. Yes. All right. The dirtiest mascot I ever saw. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, this is years ago, but I, I, I I've worked with the uh, Philly fanatics. Oh. So uh, yeah. this, this is a uh, Mr. Met. From the Mets, the guy with the baseball head and the white outfit. Okay, uh, he was walking through the stadium when I was there. One, the one game I went to. Okay, and it was all dirty. Like I don't know if he. If he then he, when I saw it like live, he was all dirt patches all over him. It was well, awful. Well, mascot is just one step up from geek. Okay, yes. and uh, you know, and you know, to uh, actually bite the head off a chicken or put up with the Philadelphia fans, which uh, um, which the Philly fanatic has to do. Um, you know. If, if, you just mentioned that. For an interesting story, uh, somebody from Sesame Street, uh, the puppet can you, shop. Can you tell me how to get there? No. What? Sorry. Um, remove half your brain. <laughs> that's, <it>. so, <laughs> no, so that's how you get there. Uh, somebody from Sesame Street designed mm-hmm. the Philly Fanatic costume, the mascot suit, right? Okay. And it got like, like I guess. A, a Jim Henson. Uh, not, not some, they weren't from the creature shop, the Jim Hatch's creature shop. Okay. But it was some, creature a, shop. I somebody who it was a, a puppeteer on Sesame Street designed this. And uh, they, they got like a residual for making the outfit. Oh, he must have pulled some strings. 
No, and, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. And uh, but they uh, but what happened was just re- this happened just recently. The past six months, uh, they had to renew their what do you call it, like their lease on having this costume. Yeah, the copywriter. Yeah. You know. So the they uh, the Philadelphia Phillies redesigned the Philly fanatic and changed it like a little bit, and that thing that shoots out of his mouth as a tongue. Yeah. Was like red before, and now it's like purple, and it made the news uh, that uh, and the woman was mad. She was trying to sue the Phillies, and somehow they settled out of court. And I swear, we're talking before the show about this. I think sometimes there's manufactured crises like that to keep. It's all. It's fake. called publicity, John. Yes. It's you know, it's dog eats uh, you know horse or something like that. Oh. You know, or or. Or a tail waves dog. Well, you know, yeah. Everybody wants a yeah. different uh, outlook on things, and there's a, a lot of different sources now that uh, y- yeah. you can quote. Now, uh, we brought this up earlier, Life Magazine, right yeah. there. And I, I was going to say, and that's what the people say, uh, but it's an uh, Us Magazine uh, with uh, Britney Spears on the cover. Woo! Well, She's um, in the news again. I, do you know the difference between uh, the Suez Canal and Britney Spears? Well, one Suez Canal <laughs> and Britney Spears. Uh, well, she's a living human being. <laughs> no, John, you're supposed to say oh, no, no. What? No, what's the difference between the Suez Canal and Britney Spears? Well, the Suez Canal is a busy ditch. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't, you know, I'm not a, a gangster enough to say. Uh, but you, know, but we just part. mentioned. Uh, manufactured publicity this 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 magazine this and people have been around for years and it's all like the headline says like you know brad pitt gets his uh you know whatever right here no brad pitt has a new haircut people are amazed but uh in a life magazine i had i don't think it's this one here but it was it was talking about liberace the piano player okay i i i junk picked at his house in uh las vegas and i actually went to the, uh, law, uh, Liberace, to the Museum. Liberace Museum, and I saw that they had a picture, and it said Liberace at the 1937 uh, World's Fair. And I knew it was 1939, so I went and I got uh, one of the curators, and I said, and I'm, I'm living in the streets, you know, of, of Vegas, you know, sleeping in, in signs and stuff, and, I'm, and uh, I didn't have money to go to the Liberace Museum, and... So I, I, I get there, and I tell him, no, it's the 1939 World's Fair, because I, even back then I was uh, fascinated by the 39 World's Fair. Look it up. And uh, they let me in for free, and I'm telling you. Uh, I went to Elvis's place and Liberace's place, and I, they're the same person, okay? They had the same taste in gaudiness. I, okay, Elvis a little bit, uh, you know. Uh, well... I went to that museum too, and it was f- interesting. I think a museum, in my mind, I'm brainwashed and thinking it's like the uh, uh, Smithsonian or a big museum. No, the Liberace Museum was a bank in a shopping center that closed up, and they yeah. just gutted it and put it in there. And I went, I actually went to it, and it's very neat. He had a lot of money, and he had like a. I might have went to the one before you because uh, this, uh, the one that I went to, uh, was shaped like a piano, and uh, I remember they did get kicked out uh, uh, in the thing, but. It, it, oh, I saw that. Well, they may, but but, but they may have put, made the yeah yeah they made a shape of a piano outside. Yes, yeah, something. Like, okay, it might, so it was probably the same yeah. place. And yeah, it wasn't uh, too much. But uh, 
the, my favorite thing was to see the first gaudy outfit that he wore. Oh. Because he used to only wear... And all it was was like little, uh, you know, the love beads, like yeah. from the 60s. It was little beads just sewn into like, like his, rivets uh, or a thing. And it was like sort of a conservative, gaudy look. But Be- then it, it just, he just got, you know, he got Vegas eyes. Well, exactly. And it, it was really neat. This museum, uh, he bought like Beethoven's piano or somebody famous, some, a famous yeah. piano. It was, it was a really odd looking piano, but he bought that. But he had, he's right though. He had his, you know, uh, what do you call it? Glitter covered grand pianos. But was, I thought. Mirica, was, I mean, it was just as. It was just as gaudy or as over the top as you can imagine that Liberace could be. We all know about his personal life and all that stuff. But, you know, he was an entertainer for years. The old ladies loved him. And he had the great gaudy, gaudy, uh, ugly, uh, you know, stuff that just, uh, you you know, he still has. I mean, what I I thought was really cool about the museum is we're saying cool about Liberace was um, in the 60s and 70s and in the 80s, he had various cars they would drive on stage in, like a oh, Rolls yeah. Royce or yeah. a Corvette or a, an old convertible, like a 57 Chevy convertible. Yeah. And uh, the curator said that uh, the cars only could hold about a gallon of gas because right. you couldn't drive a, a, a motor vehicle on stage and off. Or, and it was actually like pushed on stage and pushed off because you, you know, it could explode or kill people and stuff like that. But it was very neat. But when I was there, I was in the Las Vegas Comedy Festival. Uh, which I won the Philadelphia round. I got to go out there. Is Mike, the extra bus driver, and me? We're in there. Did you talk with a Philadelphia accent when yes. you're out in Vegas? Because uh, oh my you know, god, they, they must have uh, loved that. Well, when I was there, and it's very interesting that when you're when you go to these festivals, people come from around the country. There was a bunch of Chicago people there, like Uncle Larry Reeb. Okay, and he's uh, like, yeah. take a tip from your uncle. You Larry. ever been? To, you ever been to Alabama? Yeah. Well, save up. You know, <laughs> well, that was uh, uh, it. Might have been Arkansas. I don't know. They're, well, they they kind of run into well, each other. When I was there, was when uh, uh, what's her name, Paris Hilton, was really popular, and they came in and we were we walked around. It's, wait you know, a minute. Wait. A minute. Was Paris Hilton ever really popular, or did she, that was people all manu- just hang around her for her money? That was all manufactured too. Like ETV, yeah. always the stories about her, like they deal with the Kardashians. But uh, she came in for a photo shoot. Oh, she had a good sex tape, too. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. But she came in for a photo shoot, and we all had to clear out. Uh, oh, but but the Liberace, okay, Liberace was in a Life magazine. Now, about manufactured things. Just because you read it, you take things for granted, okay? They were talking about how rich he was because how popular his show was. When the show actually like, aired for, like, 20 minutes in the afternoon on, on like, a different channel. Oh, it went all... Everybody watched it. Yeah. I mean, he, it he, was he, very, very popular. It, yeah, it was very. He would take do like and modern songs, but or but, uh, but I, how do you say? How would you say? It? Make them like show toony. Then 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 then. Oh, he would. He was like neoclassical. He would play classicals or pop tunes or or things like that. But and he had a flair. My you know my jazz friends all say, oh, he wasn't a great player at all. You know, but he had that showmanship and that nice you know. Uh, and that nice manner that he uh, had, and he had his brother George and mm-hmm. his mother, you know, would be on the show with him. So he was like a family guy too. Uh, but and, 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 then, uh, and then he Liberace. He, but here's something I, I don't believe, and I always thought this is a manufactured BS. Now, when I say uh, uh, it said the article I read in Life that said that uh, Liberace gets forty thousand fan letters a week, 
I'm like, I don't believe that, right? Oh, did he get fan mail? Sure. But 40,000, I can't believe, and you might go, well, he's popular. No. 40,000 people are going, dear Liberace, ah, la, 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 la. Can I have a pair of your underwear? No way. 40,000. Same thing with the Beatles, and, and they do it all the time. This is Michael J. Fox on Family Ties. Michael J. Fox gets over 100,000 fans, and they always have a picture of him like this with giant duffel bags filled with mail that was just completely stuffed before the show. He's wearing, you know, hair and makeup and stuff. I don't believe any of that crap at all. Uh, I, I believe that the, there was a certain amount of uh, letters sent to, uh, you know, to uh, stars that weren't discovered yet, and mm. they, uh, you know, and this was probably, uh, you know, this was even before, uh, you know, television. They would have, you know, that sort of uh, yeah. option to write your movie star. Now yeah. you can uh, email them and and do that. But so uh, uh, forty thousand does sound like a lot. And but it's a, it's a, in the scheme of things, it's at a week. And, I, and, I, and I, week? I'm like, I'm like, what publicist told the reporter? He's very popular. It's like that story I always talk about the uh, how they believe anything and they'll print anything. Uh, when uh, Mike Nesmith was being interviewed, and he just had to screw around with a reporter from England. And he just made a fact up off the top of his head. The Beatles, the, uh, the monkeys outsold the Beatles and the Rolling Stone combined. And he just made it up. Well, that story is still told today. Still told today. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and it was a lie from uh, from the gate. And people knew it was, uh, you know, an outrageous fact. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like Slim Whitman outsold the Beatles. I don't think so. Slim Whitman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rosemary. Would he have the uh, yodel? He yodeled, didn't he? He, yeah. he yodeled, and he was Canadian, and he was also the the sound that the aliens could not stand in Mars Attacks. Okay. That, that was that was very funny, Ed. But uh, we were talking about though the the fifties. Uh, uh, this past week, when I uh, I watched uh, some horror movies on from this from the fifties, and a popular one from the early fifties, it was like 50, 52, 54, and fifty six. Uh, 1952 was a movie called The Creature from the Black Lagoon. The Gill Man, the guy comes out of the uh, some South American swamp water, uh, what do you call it, bay? What do you call that? Lagoon. A lagoon. Yeah, lagoon. And, uh, Hence the name. Yeah, and uh, it was actually very interesting. It made, it made a lot of money. I think it was American International Pictures, but it's a guy in a suit. It's totally emotional. As you can see, it's a rubber suit with a big fish with big lips and a Gills, gills on his face like that, and, the, and and a lot of it was filmed underwater. That was very neat too. That was a, that was one of the first they start using a underwater they, camera. Uh, they did that down in Florida. They had the uh, underwater scenes down in Florida, and uh, it was a big hit. They didn't think it was going to be a big hit. It's actually the last of the <laughs> Universal monster movies. Yes. Okay, the last one to really come out and make a you know and wasn't recycled material. And it was about a, uh, you know, a species that they thought or was supposedly extinct, and it comes back in the Black Lagoon, and it's, uh, you know, a half of a man. Yeah. And, uh, what, what, you they, know. what it is, at the beginning of the film, they find a, a hand bo uh, bone, skeleton hand. Mm -hmm. And it's a, they, they believe it was a link between when animals went through evolution to humans, uh, even though they bypassed all, like, monkeys and stuff, right? <laughs> It went like fish to human, not monkeys and whatever hell. It are. was always a little strange to me. It wasn't my uh, it wasn't my favorite uh, uh, monster movie, but it was a big hit at the time, yeah. and it was originally filmed in three D. Mm -hmm. That's my hotel room. Okay, <laughs> you you live you live like a creature. 
But uh, a creature of comfort, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very, and they made two sequels to it, okay? Um, of the, uh, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. And the, the first one was Revenge of the Creature. And then they made a, a third one. But it, it's really neat, though, too, because I, I, I keep saying, was, was it, Univers- it was Universal, right? right? Right. They had a, every time the creature would appear, you heard a, a team of trumpets, trumpets go, and it, and it was real slow moving, and everybody was like, it was, you know, it's, it's, all these monsters, too, if you think about it, you could run away from them all. You, can, uh-huh. you, you know what I mean? It's, it's stupid. Like, you know, Frankenstein and Mummy and... Dracula, just walk away from you. If you just had a brisk walk, right? maybe the Wolfman could chase you after you. But uh, you know, it's stupid. Like they stand. And well, go, ah. you're the type of guy who will sit in a movie theater, okay, in a movie complex, and say, "Oh, don't go in that room." Uh, okay, oh my God. you are one of those uh, type of people who will, will uh, not suspend uh, your reality. You know, oh sometimes my. you have to. Uh, you know. Yeah. Expend your uh, reality, in, like you know, when you watch the view. Oh, um, exactly, like, exactly. <laughs> that's you know. that monster show. That's a. Uh, that also makes you laugh too. Is it a? Uh, I guess the, the, they always have an answer for your question, and they're allowed to have, and they're allowed to have an answer. Yes. they'll say no. Those people were so paralyzed with fright they couldn't run. Right? Yeah, uh, you know. It's, uh, but but the the creature movies were very popular. I mean, like three in a row. And they made three in a row, and the last one right. was called the uh, the creature walks among us. Is that like the coolest title right. in the world? The creature walks among us. And okay. all, in, in, exactly, in, in the first one, he gets shot, and they just show him swim then sink down to the bottom. You don't know they, if he died or they not. They planned that. That was a you know the the director also uh, directed uh, a movie, and maybe you heard of it, a little movie called The Incredible Shrinking Man. Oh, okay, that's you know, that sounds like society today. You know that's that that movie was eerie too, and it's a uh, because he. Uh, in yeah. fact, that's funny too. There's a new movie coming out called Ant Man, right? Where okay. he he goes down into that universe because you think about it, the guy just keeps shrinking. And hoping, if sooner or later he's gonna be like molecular level, like he can't get that, any smaller. Uh, yeah, and it's like uh, they're a little headier. Maybe that's why we didn't get them as kids because mm-hmm. they, you know. They went into uh, the actual existence because the Incredible Shrinking Man, he shrinks to nothing, right? He shrinks uh, he, into he, an atom. Well, yeah, he, he, at the end, he just goes, like, tomorrow will be a brand new day. I'm going to a new experience. And, uh, but, they, but then this, the guy made this movie, too. This, they also went the other direction and made The Amazing Colossal Man. Oh, about that was a, big of them. A, about a guy who uh, runs out, uh, very similar to the Hulk. No, the, no, the, not the Hulk, uh, him, but he runs up during a, an atom bomb test, and he gets coated with radiation. And uh, they find him, and they find him, and his, like, all his hair and eyebrows are blown off his body. And they have him in a hospital room. Then he starts growing bigger and bigger. Finally, he's like hundred feet tall, and he goes crazy. The only what really stinks about the movie is uh, the special effects. It's just him in front of a screen, and at the end, he uh, he goes berserk. I think at the the what's the uh, the the the, the, the the big telescope in California in Los Feliz. That's the Griffin Observatory, yeah. uh, like, where they also had the uh, climactic ending of uh, of the uh, Rebel Without a Cause or Red Bull Without a Cause. And several things were there too. Like right, right below that Griffin Observatory is the Bat Batman Bat Cave. When I was uh, first in, uh, when I was like twenty one and first uh, first grade, I got to uh, Los Los Angeles. 
Verse 21, got first grade. That's, <laughs> Teacher, this guy's shaving. You got me. You got me on that one. He's, he's but I would beer. live in Griffin, uh, Griffin Park, okay? And I had my own. Uh, I'm 21. I'm out there. I got no money, no friends out there, really. And uh, I, uh, I got my own shopping cart where I collected uh, metal and, uh, and sold it. And then uh, that, was, uh, that was my job. But... The Griffin Observatory, uh, they filmed uh, a bunch of movies there. Uh, really, like back to uh, uh, fame. It's, it's always in films. It's a really neat place, I, too. Yeah. Um, but this uh, amazing colossal man, like in the end, he uh, gets chased around, and, uh, and he, gets, he gets pushed off the Hoover Dam. Like it's like shot. And they show him falling, and you can see the it's a bad special. But you could, and you can see the water like going through him. It's like they didn't do it right. It was stupid. And then, uh, but... Uh, they milked these movies for all they're worth because they made a sequel to that called The Amazing... Oh, wait. The Amazing... Uh, the, the Creature... No, what's it called? Uh, Amazing Colossal... Oh, the, uh, War of the Amazing... War of the Ama- uh, Colossal Beast where he's still alive. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and that one, Oh, and, and there's nothing like, uh, you know, like the army coming out in full-blown regalia, yeah. you know, with all their tanks and the armored cars and machine guns and everything. And they come up to, uh, you know... They come up to a monster, and of course, they never work. No, okay, they no. never work. They're either melted or yes. they're, the, you know, or, or, or they're they sink into the uh, <laughs> uh, you know ocean or you know some sort of uh, climactic it, thing. It always has to be science. Oh, that triumphs. Oh, but I also said this too is that in this movie too, uh, they try to cure him with a giant hypodermic needle, right? Uh-huh. And he goes ow, and he picks up the needle, and it, to him it looks like it's like a dart. He throws and hits some guy and kills him with it, but um, that movie there. Oh, this uh, this <laughs> no show syringe benefits there. Now, this show this 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 talk is going to go like bonkers land. Mm-hmm. All right, I uh, this those movies I think plant a seed for people to distrust the, distrust the military because every movie every movie was a army experiment gone wrong. Radiation created Godzilla. Radiation, radiation. Uh, you're playing God. No, we're not. And it made a giant. Uh, yeah. You know. Now I know what it's like to feel like God. Yeah, but it was know. it was always the army. Like the tarantula was. Oh, we were spraying some chemicals, and it was always your army looking for a new weapon. The, the, the next new giant hamsters are ripping. I like when doors down. I like when the uh, uh, the mutant uh, whatever you know the uh, giant tomato that ate uh, yeah. Jersey to Gargo to Godzilla. But uh, I like those big things, you know, the giant tarantulas, you know, the monolith men, all those things. I kind of like that just for the kitschiness of it. Oh. And and I like when they're amongst towns and uh, ruining the entire, uh, y- you know, uh, skyline with one big giant foot or oh, something yeah. like that. I mean, that's the, 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 the parts of that I like. So I like the big monster uh, uh, movies. Yeah, uh, you know, it's you know. really neat, too. And, um it's what do you call that when you look back? You can't look back on t- with today's eyes on back then, because yeah. you think about it, you never saw anything like this before, and you're in a movie theater and you see a giant guy go walking by a giant. You think that that looks real? Like today, yeah. we know it's obviously stupid. But when, uh, when they first showed uh, movies uh, in Nickelodeons, they would show like a tr- uh, train pulling in, and part of the audience would just think that it was a train pulling in because they had never seen that technology. Yeah. And, uh, I, and, uh, well, I think that's kind of we talk about. I, Wid and I talk about this all the time. Like that's why some comics humor is dated, especially movies. Like you watch a movie like 1910, where a guy's a magician and he and he goes like a poof and disappears. Uh, 
and they just all they do is cut the camera. But people at home are going, oh, where'd that guy go? Oh, his magic's real. But uh, uh, the creature movies were, uh, oh, this all wraps up a little bit somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's really, all these movies Whit and I are just talking about, you could see how they they want to milk all those props over and over again. All these giant hyperdermic needles or giant things were used on different TV series afterwards. The uh, Land of the Giants, uh, other shows where people shrank and they had like a giant bookshelf. Like, uh, well, uh, I at one time worked for Forrest J. Ackerman, okay? And I worked with him in this California mansion, Wait, okay? Tell called, them who Forrest J. Ackerman is. Well, Forrest J. Ackerman is... Uh, he started out as a editor, okay, for science fiction uh, magazines and books, and uh, he started out as the editor, and he would have clients like uh, Isaac Asinoff. He would have clients like uh, the guy who invented uh, Scientology, L. L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard, who wrote science fiction. Doesn't that give mm-hmm. the people? He said he got the inspiration for Scientology yeah. while and he was that, lying that, on a gurney. That, but anyway, yeah. uh, Forrest J. Ackerman was also famous monsters of movie land. He was Uncle Fari J. Ackerman. In fact, he invented the term sci fi. He heard hi fi and he invented the term sci fi. He was the first one to use that and uh, still gets credit for that. All the uh, well, because wait, wait, sorry, the ma- it's a magazine called Famous Monsters. A magazine yes. called Famous Monsters, just sorry. like just like Kensal Culture is a pop culture magazine. This was a magazine dedicated to monsters, Frankenstein, the Mummy, the Werewolf, and uh, and Dracula. That's you know, and they would have the big monsters, everything, but it was usually the big five, you know, and the, it's and. The Universal Monsters, and so it became, uh, it became a part of uh, you know all movie history because uh, you know when Steven Spielberg was a little kid, he would listen to famous monsters or, or read famous monsters of movie land. Joe Dante, you know any one of the uh, uh, Toby and, Coop, and Hooper, all this, all the directors yeah. would would uh, you know credit him for having an interest in the. Uh, world of the monsters, okay? And Forrest J. Ackerman, look him up. Forrest J. Ackerman, Uncle Forrest to a lot of kids. He loved puns, so he got along with me. He was a big, big punster. And, but he was also a big collector. He had thousands of magazines, thousands of movie props. That, he had thousands of, uh, he would collect, uh, from all over the world, he would collect Frankensteins or Draculas or anything, uh, you know, any books about that. And uh, he kept archives and uh, had this, but he would uh, have uh, everything from movie props from the from the uh, from the lots. It's all real ma- masks and things like that, and you know Barbarella's uh, uh, breast implants that she had, and Ray Harryhausen uh, the uh, Frankenstein mo- socks. Uh, it, it was a monster. <laughs> no, uh, but. Uh, he had this, and he would have it in his uh, uh, Los Feliz, Los Feliz, California, beautiful section. I, I live right next door to it. Okay. Los Feliz, uh, also home of the house on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and, but a uh, beautiful house, and he called it uh, Hooray for Horrorwood, okay? And it was the Acker Mansion, okay? and 
he had a, his big collection on display down in his, uh, you know, in, in all over his house. He had beautiful uh, old-time posters and everything like that. But we found out about the creature, which we were talking about. This wraps the, ties the show back together. They, uh, he acquired the uh, actual mask and the hands and I think one of the feet. Okay. And he got that from a kid who would wear it for Halloween. And Forrest found out about this. And the kid, his father was a janitor at Universal Studios and they threw it in the dumpster. The kid, uh, and the father brought it home to the kid and Forrest J. Ackerman bought it for an undisclosed amount of money and added it to his collection and henceforth a beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, a, a prop that would have been thrown away. Very, very interesting. And was thrown away. It was, uh, he went yeah. dumpster diving. The janitor yeah. went dumpster diving. He says, and that, my kid will like this for Halloween. And that's. Had no idea what it would, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, history. This, this Forrest that would know this guy. Uh, Forrest and, and, J. Ackerman. And, and in the 50s is when television exploded with all different arenas. There was horror movies were finally being showed. The Three Stooges, the Little Rascals, Laurel and Hardy, wrestling, other things. And Forrest Jackman knew that kids loved uh, monster uh, uh, models, uh, hot rods, all that stuff. It's just all perpetuated. He found a, a group and he played right toward it. But Wid. Yes, sir. Hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> I can see by the clock on the wall right over here eh, that it's uh, that we're going to wrap up a session right over here. Hey, John, uh, mm -hmm. let's do this. Let's talk about uh, where we're going to be in beautiful downtown Cape May, New Jersey, next Saturday night. Uh, we're at the uh, uh, look. Check out with and I on Facebook and social media. We're at we're at a great show. We're coming there. to Cape May on the way to Cape May. Hey, thank you, everybody. And that has been another issue of Cancel Culture.